0: Welcome to Courage to Shine with Michelle Colt. Welcome back, everyone. I'm super excited uh, in terms of what I'm going to be sharing with all of you today. I'm going to be going into the importance of understanding as it relates to forgiveness. Forgiveness can be such a triggering topic for so many people, and oftentimes people will resist it. They'll resist forgiving themselves, forgiving others. So I want to bring a whole different level of, you know, I guess the best word is understanding around this. Because once you're able to move into a deep place of understanding, whether it's around forgiving something in yourself or action or whatever that might be in terms of personally, It begins to make it a lot easier for you to move into a place where you can let go of angers and resentments that you may have been holding for a very, very long time towards others. So before we dive in, let's go ahead and start today's podcast episode with a beautiful process for regulating your nervous system. So I'm going to invite you, if it's safe to do so, to begin to close your eyes right now. As I've shared in previous episodes, as soon as we begin to close our eyes, we go from a beta brainwave pattern into a state of alpha. And alpha is a place of deeper relaxation. When we're experiencing alpha brainwaves, a lovely regulation starts to happen throughout your nervous system. Now gently go ahead and begin to notice my voice. Notice the quality of my voice. Notice the words. Please include any other sounds you can hear wherever you are right now. Just noticing the sounds and my voice as best you can. Very gently now, I'm going to invite you to begin to notice the stillness, silence, and space. Just noticing the stillness, silence, and space as best you can. Take a couple of moments now to notice the sounds and my voice and then notice the stillness, silence, and space. Now the invitation is to, as best you can, stay in and with the stillness, silence, and space whatever those words mean to you right now. Even if you're in a rather noisy place right now, let me share something really fascinating with you. There is always, no matter how many noises are around us, more stillness, silence, and space. The stillness, silence, and space Are the background underneath all sounds and noises. Another way I like to say it is that the stillness, silence, and space are the container for all of the various noises and sounds. And having the ability to tune in to the stillness, silence, and space puts you in a place where you are able to regulate your nervous system, feel more grounded, and feel more spaciousness. So I'm going to take this one step further right now. And again, these words mean to you whatever they mean to you. We all have different interpretations in terms of what words mean. So whatever these words mean to you right now, and it could change three days from now. So I'm going to invite you to begin to notice the stillness, silence, and space within you. And just notice how that's affecting your mind, body, and spirit. Lovely. And I'll take us back to this again a couple of times as I move through this fascinating, liberating information. So the mere act of forgiveness can be triggering for many people and then it just is resisted we resist doing it especially if we had parents who weren't able to see hear and tune in to us what happens is all of a sudden we begin to fear that by forgiving we will be opening up ourselves to being hurt again which just leads to further resistance to forgiveness Also, something I learned a couple of years ago that was really neat was this aspect that forgiveness for some people, for many people, it implies a superiority in an interesting way. It's almost like you are pardoning the other person. I forgive you. And it can make us feel like we're in this position of authority and pardoning in some way. And this stance actually promotes separation rather than the connection that we seek. I've been saying forever that one of the greatest sources of suffering on the planet is a false sense of separation. I could do 15 different episodes on this (laughs) because it's something that is so, oh, boy, it's so embedded in so many individuals, the sense of feeling separate. The sense of feeling separate and not seen and heard is at the foundation of so much of the neuroses that we as human beings experience on this planet. So we want to stay away from, I guess is a neat way to say it, a fun way to say it, Anything that makes us feel separate. So this is usually running very unconsciously, by the way. This aspect that the forgiveness is a, an act of being separate and superior. It's there though. It's there. When what the human spirit, the human soul is always seeking is connection. And that goes back to why it's so incredibly painful if we weren't seen and heard and tuned into when we were children, because that leads to us feeling very isolated and very separate. And then what happens, unfortunately, is we just keep holding on to the resentments and we keep then looping in our trauma patterns from our childhood, and i think one of the most poignant things about this is it keeps us in a victim mentality that's probably one of the worst things about it <laughs> is a kind of groovy way to 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 speak to this or to talk about it this is something i've really been deeply studying and looking at now for many years this this interesting concept of why is it that so many people myself included when i was younger for sure are like identified with being a victim. Again, when we're identified with being a victim in any situation, we are feeling very separate. We are feeling very disconnected and this is very painful and very difficult. So how can we move out of that? How can we be in a place where we're feeling more connected even as it relates to forgiveness? So, What's really fascinating about this is that the answer to this conundrum is by shifting from this concept of forgiveness into a place of understanding. When we are truly able to understand the personal history of why someone did or said something to us, we are able to heal in a more profound, deep way. Now, this absolutely speaks to ourselves as well. So much information out there in the world of personal development around self-sabotage. If you've listened to any of my other episodes, you know that my definition of self-sabotage is very different from a lot of other people's. I see self-sabotage as self-preservation as it relates to our inner wounded child. And that's just such an interesting definition. You were always doing the best you could with the resources you had available. And this is true for everyone else in your life as well. No matter how mean, cruel, unkind, someone's words were towards you or their actions. That was the best they could do. It's also really, really helpful to understand that they said what they said, and they did what they did from a place of survival and safety. And of course, this loops back to their childhoods. Oftentimes, the more the hurtful words, like the more intense the words or the action points to how intense the trauma was that that individual went through as a child. There's a saying that's out there in the world, hurt people hurt people. It's a very good saying because it's true. And it loops back to those people did and said what they said from a place of survival. And they truly were doing the best they could at the time. Now, Sometimes we can feel so frustrated with ourselves. You know, why did I say that? Why did I procrastinate for five years taking action on something that could have put me, you know, in a whole different place by now? (laughs) Well, you were doing the best you could with the circumstances, you know, at that time. And I want to talk about something. I wasn't even planning on talking about this, but I just got a download that I need to bring it up today. I've been deeply looking at the nervous system as it relates to a state that a lot of people go into, they don't even know it's happening, it just happens, called freeze. So there's freeze, there's fight and flight. Okay, and then within each of those, there's a whole bunch of different things that happen. But I want to talk about freeze for a moment. Oftentimes, people can be very mean to themselves and they can tell themselves things like oh my god what's wrong with you you're so lazy why do you procrastinate so much why are you being such a jerk however the languaging comes out in one's mind and what's interesting about that is that when somebody is not taking action on something that they know would really be beneficial for them this is an acute state of freeze it's not that you're a jerk It's not that you're lazy. It's that your nervous system is in a state of freeze. And I think it's really, really important on very, very deep levels to bring understanding around this for yourself. I'm very transparent about myself and my struggles. I lived in a state of freeze for a very, very long time in my life. And one of the things that I have recently got in touch with, I knew it to be true, but I got in touch with it on a whole deeper level, is how much I disassociated out of my own body when I was young to deal with the circumstances and the situations that were going on in my family. And basically, when you get so used to doing that, you navigate life and you move through life from this place of being deeply numb. You know, I remember early on in my relationship with my hubby, we'll be married 30 years in in uh, July. Wow. <laughs> Those words come out of my mouth and I'm like, 30 years? <laughs> Anyways, so he used to say to me, he asked me, you know, what are you feeling? How do you feel? And I would say 30 years ago, 25 years ago, maybe even 20 years ago, I don't know. I'm not feeling anything. And what I came to realize when I really started to dive into the work I do close to 20 years ago is it wasn't that I wasn't feeling anything. I had just come up with this coping mechanism of being numb and disassociated. And it's a really interesting thing to really be able to identify this because then what happens is you are able to have deep understanding and compassion for yourself. It'll be a lot easier for you to let go of regret when you're really, really able to understand that you were always doing the best you could with the circumstances at that time. And then this parlays over into this interesting concept Of forgiving others once you're able to look behind the person's words or look behind their actions something inside of you begins to soften I think is a good word for it something within you begins to move into a place where most importantly you're not taking it personally And you're able to understand, understand on a deep level that it isn't personal and that it was being driven from this individual's sense of safety and security. You know, it's so interesting if we think about some of the bizarre ways people act and the things they say in terms of that makes that person feel safe. That makes that person feel like they're going to survive better. But here's the thing. It always loops back to what they went through in their family system. And I know in my own life and in the lives of many of my friends and clients, you know, they have dealt with individuals who just stopped communicating. You know, there's a disagreement going on or there's a conflict going on and the person just just is like a cold fish. They just stop communicating. And this is a coping mechanism. And they tend to be somebody who's dealing with something called, you know, avoidant attachment is one way to label that. And that's because they're going to disconnect from you before you do it with them. Because the pain of that is too much and they tend to just kind of cut off their feelings. And there's no right or wrong in any of this. This is just what they do to protect themselves in their nervous systems. Other people, when they're in a similar dynamic, go to a place of anxiety. You know, anxious attachment is what that's referred to as. And they become super needy. They'll text you 80 times or whatever it is. And again, it goes back to the dynamics that these individuals were around when they were young. Now, I wanna be very clear about something. In no way, shape or form am I condoning abuse and bad behavior in anything I'm saying. Sometimes the appropriate thing to do in a situation is to have a very strong boundary with certain people in your life. Absolutely, that's really what needs to happen in those situations. What I'm suggesting is how helpful it can be to look behind their behavior and their words as a way to let go of the resentment you've been holding, the anger you've been holding, the fill in the blank of what you've been holding. Because it's just not resourceful for you in your own sense of well being to hold on to that anymore. So, a really neat process uh, that I sh- have shared with people, it came up spontaneously when a client of mine told me that they felt at times that they were being shamed by a family member. And, uh, I was, you know, listening to my client talk to me about this and all of a sudden I had this kind of epiphany (laughs) or a download of a really neat technique that they could use when they're around this individual. So another aspect in all of this, which I've been speaking to is how it's a coping mechanism that the people in your life came up with as a child. So when someone's acting like a complete jackass What's underneath that, what's fueling that is fear. They're a frightened child in that moment. So if you're with a colleague, a family member, a friend, whoever it might be, and they're getting condescending with you, they're telling you what to do, they're shaming you, they're judging you, what you can do is you can picture that person as their six-year-old because basically They are reverting back to a very young age when some trauma happened to them. And when you do this and you see your brother, your uncle, your boss, your friend, as their six-year-old, it just diffuses everything. And what it does is it puts you into that interesting, groovy place where you're observing and witnessing Rather than getting caught up in the dynamic. And it also leads you to a quick access to understanding. Oh, he or she is so scared right now. And it is also a really interesting offshoot of this whole ability to not take it personally. And once we don't take things personally, we're also able to then feel connected, feel connected with our center and our core. I just have to say something about that. Also, the the stronger your core and your center is, the more integrated you are in that way the less likely you are to be triggered by other people. And this is something that I work with, you know, myself and with clients on a regular basis. How do you make that core strong, that sense of self? I think it was last week's episode where I talked about how important it is to be self-centered. And when I say self-centered, I mean having a strong sense of self. Because when you have a strong sense of self, you're a lot less likely to be selfish. So again, I'm going to invite you right now to begin to notice the stillness, silence, and space auditorily. as a means to deepen into that even more, begin to notice the stillness, silence, and space within you. Lao Tzu said, silence is a source of great strength. Just noticing the stillness, silence, and space outside of you. And within you as best you can. And just notice how that's affecting your body, the mind, the feelings and emotions. Interestingly enough, I just had this thought that this is actually something you can do when you're speaking to people. You can notice the stillness, silence, and space in between their words. This is a process that I've taught ever since uh, I started teaching. Back when I was teaching uh, Inside Game with my husband for so many years. And oftentimes when we would suggest this neat tool, people would say, Oh, but I won't hear what the other person is saying. And what's interesting, and don't take my words for it, try it yourself, you actually begin to tune into more of what the person is saying, because oftentimes when we're speaking with people, we're not really listening. We are planning in our mind what we're going to say next. So this process puts you in a deep place of really being able to be present and therefore much less reactive. So I'm going to suggest that you listen to this particular episode several times. This is a very touchy topic in terms of forgiveness. And I feel that by listening to it over and over again, you'll have deeper and deeper awareness come up and understanding as to what I'm pointing to. And also, of course, start really playing with this neat, neat auditory process of just tuning in and noticing the stillness, silence, and space. If you found this episode helpful, please follow, rate, and review it, and share it with anyone else that you think could benefit. For more information about my work and to get on my mailing list, you can go to www.michellecolt.com. Until next time, you are enough, you always were enough, and you will always be enough.